This is Dooley Noted. Everything Florida Gators with your host, Pat Dooley. Okay, welcome in to another edition of the Dooley Noted Podcast. Sorry it's a little late this week, but I was furloughed Tuesday and Wednesday, so you can't really work. That's kind of the rule. Um, I missed being able to to do one, but, you know, that's the way it is. But I said, hey, I'm going to stick with it. We're going to do one today. Um, and also later on in the sh- in the uh, podcast, Mike Bianchi is going to join me. We'll talk about a couple of things. I mean, there's plenty to talk about, but one thing I do want to talk to him about is uh, Orlando being the new capital of sports because I joke with him all the time that Orlando is the capital of all sports that are insignificant. Like they're huge on soccer, the Pro Bowl, which is this nobody cares about anymore. Things like that in mean, the magic because nobody cares about them. But now all of a sudden there's a lot of talk about things that, that could be going down there. The state of Florida is a is going to be the big beneficiary from, I believe, from um, sports getting started back. But I'll get to that in a moment and certainly look forward to talking to Mike about that. You know, I was thinking about this today. March felt like it was the slowest month in the history of man. Like March could not get over. And we kept like everybody was making jokes about it. Like, oh, my gosh, it's still March. Are you kidding me? April's flown by. It's been the opposite. And I think it's just because we've all adjusted to the lifestyles we now have to lead. Um, it, it, it's just the way it is. So you adjust that lifestyle and, um, you know, you, you, you figure things out and you know what you're going to do and you know you're going to binge watch and you're going to try to go for walks every day. And some some of you I know are playing a lot of golf. In fact, I, I will tell you that uh, the good news around here is that the UF course is going to open Saturday. I think Ironwood will be open soon. Um, in fact, um, you know, I, I would bet it, the irony is that we were supposed to have our tournament May 9th. So obviously that's not going to happen, but I think Ironwood's going to be open soon and that's going to be great because uh, I've been out there. I just drove around the course one day and it's in unbelievable shape because nobody's been playing it and they've continued to work on it. So, uh, they've done a good job out there. So we're going to get back to golf, but I was at Meadowbrook on Saturday. Was it Saturday or Sunday? One of those days. And, um, I mean, it was packed. I played by myself, single cart, never really came in contact with people, but I had to get out. It was driving me nuts. And I had to wait on every shot, which was fine. It made me slow slow down because when I play by myself, sometimes I get a little fast. But it was just the course was packed. They ran out of carts. And it's just a good example of how people want to get out and play. They want to do something. And if they can do something that they feel is safe, they're excited about it. We're all a little stir crazy. So um, one thing that we did get this week was a Zoom call with Dan Mullen. Um, unfortunately, I was not on it. The, the information was not passed along to me. But, uh, it, you know, Robbie handled it, obviously. And it, it does feel like we're moving closer to things starting. Not a, I, I still don't believe on time. I still don't believe you're going to have September 5th. Gators are going to come running out of that tunnel. Uh, but I do believe it's going to happen. 
and I think the students will get back on campus eventually because there seems to be a lot of progress. You know, the state's opening up Monday. I mean, that's that's step number one, and, and it's phase one, whatever you want to call it. We're, we're going to get there, uh, it feels like. The, the big issue that I think all of us have is the worry that we slowly bring it back and we take the, still take precautionary steps, and then all of a sudden we get slammed with it even harder with flu season as well as COVID-19. So um, we just got to continue to be careful. You know, it, it, restaurants are going to be open at 25% capacity. Doesn't mean you need to go up and be patting guys on the back and, and, and telling them secrets into their ear. You know, you just, you still need to stay away. So, uh, but it was interesting to hear Dan Mullen and he, I think he's like me. And then he said, he's hopeful but not optimistic that the season will start on time. And I think that's where we all are. I think most of us are hoping we're going to see a football season. I still believe, look, I've said this a hundred times. I believe we'll have a football season when it starts. I don't know. And does it start and stop? Do we get that? You know, I laid it out in Monday and Tuesday, well, Tuesday on Monday on the back nine column, here's a possible schedule where you play only SEC games and FSU. And the way I laid it out, I think people kind of got excited. In fact, I saw where it had 2,500 hits or something. Um, but again, that's just what, what it shows on the on the um, you know the, the the graphic that we get. But I'm mean, more people than that were reading it. Um, my boss told me that don't say that how many hits it got because that's not accurate. It's not. It's how many people clicked on it there. At any anyway, I I'm sure it got a billion hits. But the point is the um, you know that that schedule I think got, kind of got people fired up to think about Georgia being on January second, the last game of the regular or, or, or the SEC season. It's just something I came up with. Still had a bye week in there, then FSU, then you go into the bowls and playoffs. The bowls look, you're going to have bowls fall by the wayside for a year, but you're still going to probably have some bowls. If this happens, if you end up with a season that starts in November. But again, we're all this is was total speculation on my part and it's total speculation on everybody's part, what they're doing, what they're saying. Um, I do think I was thinking about this after Dan Mullen's press conference because I watched it. It wasn't really a press conference. It was a Zoom call. But I think what really helps Florida at this point is the mentality of the players that they get what they need to do. The coaches are telling them, you know, here's what we're going to do. This is all you, and they understand they're going to come back when they do come back with a mentality that is going to be championship mentality. I truly believe that. And I'm not trying to sit here and blow smoke and, and be, Oh, go Gators. This, let me wear my orange and blue hat. I actually am wearing orange and blue right now, but it's Boise state. And I think, you know why I'm wearing that. But um, I, I think he that's the thing that Mullen has instilled in these guys. I'm not saying other coaches haven't done that around the country, but I really believe that Dan Mullen has changed the culture of Florida football so that even with all this going on, these guys are out there and they're working and they're getting in, they're doing these virtual meetings and they're paying attention and they're learning and they're going to be ready to go. 
I just feel like Florida, and this was one thing Mullen said, are we going to be the team that is best prepared? And I think they will. I really believe it. Again, it's a lot of veteran players. You know, are they going to be the same kind of players we would expect to come back for fall practice if nothing had happened? No, nobody is. Nobody's going to have the same guys. You're going to have different players physically and mentally. It's just going to be different. Um, But I think the guys who do the best work while this is going on, whether it's in virtual classrooms or in, you know, and and staying eligible because you got you still got to pass your classes and take. I know this is exam week for uh, at the University of Florida, um, and physically are doing the work that your strength coach has asked you to do. I mean, I I believe Florida is is in the upper echelon in that. And this is just based on what we've seen from these guys over the last couple of years and how some of them have changed their mentality. I think you've got leadership. You got alpha dogs. You know. You know, there's a difference because I saw this the today, um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson saying that the staff here that came in didn't know how to handle an alpha dog. Well, that was probably an alpha dog that was not doing things the way they wanted him to do. And I, again, he's gone on and play and done a great job in the NFL. I always liked the guy when he was here, but what you want as an alpha dog is you want somebody who takes your message and delivers it, not takes his message and delivers it. Not like, you know, guys who come in and say, look, here's here's what we need to do, guys. Well, that's not the plan that we have driv- drawn up. And if you know anything about uh, Dan Mullen and his staff, they have a plan to win. And, and I know that that plan to win, uh, when we talk about it, the old Urban Meyer plan to win, blah, blah, it's this, 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 and this. Okay, but the plan to win is even more intricate than that, especially – uh, I think with with Coach Mullen because of being an offensive coordinator, and here's our plan to win. If we have to adjust it, we have to adjust it. But you guys have to accept that. I'm, I'm getting long winded on this, but I just think Florida is going to be one of the more prepared teams. It's a it's a gut feeling. Again, I'm not around these guys. I'm not anywhere near them. But it's a gut feeling that I think they will be. Uh, Mullen saying, you know, they could live with six weeks. I know there's a lot of coaches that want eight weeks and are begging for we can't have we have to have eight weeks. And I get, I do get that their big concern is that you're going to have guys pulling muscles, guys with Achilles tears, which is terrible. I mean, Florida feels like has had an Achilles tear in the off season every year with all with all the workouts that they've been doing. So I don't know that that that. But I've had people tell me that Achilles is one thing that could really be a big problem. Um, so we'll see. But I don't – look, I think you you got to get these guys ready physically. I agree with that part. But look, they're going to they're gonna be fine. I, I, I think it was James Franklin who was talking about we've got – you know, if it's third and one with two minutes to go, they've got, we've got to make them understand what they're supposed to do. Here's an idea. Tackle the guy with the ball, okay? Just make it basic and simple, and let's just go play football if it's safe to play. I think these coaches get too caught up 
and how great a coach they are. You know, whatever it takes physically to get them ready, put that, that's when they're ready to go, in my opinion. You know, you want to have some practices. You want to get guys to know the playbook and understand, and here's what we're going to do, and I get it. It's kind of probably, I've said this before, probably going to be a little sloppy. It's okay. We don't care. We want ball, right? We don't care. You can be as sloppy as you want. Just give us something to watch. Um, all right, so big news this week was happened on uh, Wednesday when the uh, they there was a committee put together that are, that passed the uh, name and likeness deal. I'm, I'm I'm stuttering over exactly how to present this. Uh, because I'm still confused by a lot of it. And it still seems to be, oh, look, players are going to get paid starting next football season, not this one, but next football season. And it's not just football players, it's basketball players, and technically it's soccer and golf and tennis and everything like that. And I can see, like, for example, if you are, you have to you have to be pretty popular in one of the spring sports, but just say Trinity Thomas, who is unbelievably uh, talented and one of the best gymnasts Florida's ever had. Um, let's just say she wants to get an endorsement from Adam's Ribbon. They're they're big um, gymnastics fan. Again, I'm just picking somebody out of the air, and they're into gymnastics, and they want to they want to give her five thousand dollars to endorse. Adam's ribs. Well, that's going to be legal next year. I'm still confused. I know they put up a lot of guardrails, or they're trying to put up guardrails. And the, the truth is, they I, we still aren't sure how this is going to work. Um, are they going to be able... One thing I, I truly believe is they're going to have to schedule. They're going to have to hire, I'm sorry, New staff members. Now, this is a, a, something that I, w- I would love to ask Scott Strickland. In fact, I probably will at some point. I, I, I think he's tired of me calling him, so I may wait a couple days. But, okay, you're, you're probably going to have to hire staff to manage this and make it so you don't get into NCAA issues. Now, right now you've got Jamie McCloskey doing all this work and he's got a sta- people that help, but I think if you're going to have this is going to be like another big burden and I believe in my mind and I may be wrong about this, you're going to have to hire people. Well, nobody wants to hire people right now. You're laying off people. You're taking pay cuts. The the freaking commissioner of the NFL is not getting paid right now. Kansas State just announced that their football and basketball coaches are going to take pay cuts. Everybody's taking pay cuts. And instead, you may have to go out and hire by next year somebody to interpret all this stuff and deal with boosters on this. It still is a huge Pandora box, Pandora's box. I get, look, they, they have no choice. The NCAA has no choice because the states are, are forcing their hand and the state of Florida being one of them. And there's a lot of people that believe if the state of Florida law, which goes into effect for this football season, that it's going to be a real issue. Because if you don't have a law like that, why would, you know, I want to go there where I can get paid right away. You have to, instead of having to wait a little bit of time until it's all. But 
they're really going to push the federal government to pass a, a law and then kind of wipe out what the states do. Don't worry about it. It's kind of the opposite of what we're doing with the coronavirus. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how these guardrails work to get this thing. But it just feels like you're you're totally look. It's you're, you're paying the players. I personally am not a huge fan of paying. Uh, like they were talking about, Zion Williamson might have been able to make a million dollars while his one year at Duke because of endorsements. That's you're not you're not a, an amateur athlete. You're by any means, and I know that there are Olympians that um, you would say Olympians aren't amateur athletes, and they really aren't to me. But I don't. I, I it it's uncharted waters, and I feel like the the term uncharted waters has been used a thousand times in the last month on TV because of what we're dealing with as a country, and now this, which is a smaller issue. Um, but I'm just kind of curious to wait and see what it all looks like. What will it be? And I'm, I'm just not sure. Um, you know, it, this could be where you get into a situation where the group of five and, uh, you know, breaks away from the power five. They say, look, we can't compete with you anymore. We can't even get your leftover players. The leftover players are walking on because they can still get endorsements. So anyway, we'll just see what happens with that. And obviously another big story was uh, earlier this week was Andrew Nemhard declaring for the draft, uh, Trey Mann declaring for the draft. And I know some people get their, get upset. I've always held the philosophy of, hey, it's their lives, whatever they want to do. I don't think Nemhard will be back. I'll be stunned if he is. Um, I just believe he, this is his second time applying for the draft. I think Trey Mann is looking into it because he's got people in his ear and those people are not his coaches. They can't, you know, work him out and, and get him in the weight room and do all these things. I mean, they can call him and talk to him, but it's not the same. Um, and I think that um, we'll see if he comes back or not. I don't. I look. I think with in Nemhard's case, he's ready to play basketball, or in in the in not in the NBA because he's not an NBA pick. I don't think. Uh, nor do I think he would end up really in a camp. But I think he feels like he's ready to play pro basketball wherever it is, G League, overseas, which eventually they'll be able to do. Um, and again, I'll be surprised if he comes back. When you declare twice, you're kind of sending a message that you're ready to go, and that's fine. Um, with with Trey Mann, if he's making this choice, I I personally think he's making a mistake, but it's his life again. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, it's just the way it works out. It's not about – I think a lot of people misunderstand when a guy declares for the draft because that's the way it's worded. A lot of guys are just declaring they don't want to play in college anymore. And I think there are a lot of – you know, Kentucky had their entire roster uh, turn pro. That's all you're doing. It's kind of like if if you're a, a tennis player and you're a really good tennis player, maybe you're not exceptional – and you say you don't say I'm declaring for the for the uh, pro tour. You're saying I'm I'm turning pro, and it may mean I'm going to play satellite tours. Or if you're a golfer, I'm turning pro. I'm going to the Hooters tour. You know you're you're not right going right to the PGA tour. So we'll see how that all that works out. I still think it'll be a really good team next year, no matter even if both those guys are gone. You know they pick up this kid. Uh, 
Colin Castleton from Michigan, who's, you know, I think he'll help. It's certainly a big guy. It will help Florida. Uh, the question is whether he'll be eligible next year because we're still waiting on that. All right, we're going to take a break right now. When we return, we will bring in the great Mike Bianchi, one of the great columnists in the world. Really more known for his radio show now. Uh, but no, he's a great writer. And, uh, of course, I hired him to the Gainesville Sun. So I got that going for me. We'll bring him in. We'll talk. There's a ton of stuff to talk to him about. We'll be right back here listening to the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. Okay, welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. A great pleasure to be joined by the king of Central Florida media. That's what I'm calling you now, king of Central Florida media. Mike I like Bianchi. it. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing good, Dooley. I'm just writing a column right now about how college athletics moving forward, how they can cut costs, because we all know there's going to be cost cutting, and maybe they need to use this as an opportunity instead of an obstacle. Yeah, that's a great column idea. I mean, I'm always looking for ideas, so I'll wrap it up in foil and put it in the freezer, thaw it out in about a week, and write the same column. But, uh, you know, is it I mean, what what do you think they should do? Obviously, recruiting would be one of the biggest areas. Well, well, obviously, coaching salaries would be yeah. number one. And I, and I just looked at the uh, – I went to the University of Florida staff directory, all right? The Gators have ten assistant uh, personnel directors on their football staff, which means Alabama probably has 20, right? Yeah. Exactly. Do you need ten assistant personnel that. directors? <laughs> You don't need them. You, you, you want, that's the thing. You, it, it's like how they build all these incredible facilities uh, everywhere. You go to Arkansas and they got a softball facility and a track facility. They're ridiculous because you keep up with the Joneses, and maybe that's what stops. Instead of making sure you're on the same level with people, you just say, hey, look, we can do this and be efficient without it. I sort of, yeah, I like that. Disarm the arms race. How about that? Ooh, that's good. I like good. it. Why don't, you just, why don't you send that column up to us and I'll we'll run it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'll trying to come up with ideas like everybody else. And another thing that happened this week, uh, on the one hand, they, they do allow the players to endorse things and make a lot of money. Hope, hopefully they're, they're hoping to do that. But at the same time, the board of directors uh, does not allow the um, the one-time transfer waiver, which was surprising to me. So uh, it's it, a lot of stuff coming down from the NCAA right now. Yeah, well, the NCAA is obviously like, getting it from all sides. The, the NCAA right now, they just want to have – they know that the, the, the image and likeness thing has, has got to happen. They just want right. it to be uniform. Now, they don't want every state to have different rules, and then it becomes – I mean, it's already going to be a cluster because they're not going to be able to enforce this. And, right. you know, and they certainly don't want every state having a different set of rules. That will make it a, a, a tenfold cluster. Hi, I'm uh, Kyle Trask for Adam's Ribs. That's where I go to get my ribs. But, you know, it's funny that because I saw one of the segments on there was you're not allowed to, like, wear a Gator jersey and do it if you're endorsing. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. 
that what's the point? There's a reason that you're doing it is because you're a gator. But anyway, there, there's some things that are still a little bit crazy, and it, uh, I don't, I'm not sure they, they got it right again this time. But, Mike, one thing I wanted to talk to you about is, uh, and I know you talked about this on your radio show, the, uh, of course, highest-rated radio show in the history of man. <laughs> Orlando's about to become uh, one of the big centers of sports, especially if the NBA comes down there and they start playing all their games at Disney. Yeah, I mean, if, if in fact the NBA is going to self-quarantine the teams in one location, I mean, there's been talk about Vegas, uh, but everybody seems to think the perfect location would be Orlando because of the Disney property out there uh, that's easily sort of locked down. You've got ESPN's Wide World of Sports out there with loads of basketball courts, uh, hotels connected to the facility. So, yeah, it would. It, if, in fact, the NBA does come back and they do do it that way with, with all the teams in one place, I think Orlando – will be the place. And, again, they have the ties to Disney, which has the ties to ESPN and ABC. So, yeah, it's a, it's a natural. Uh, and plus, I mean, let's face it, the state of Florida has pretty much said, and our governor has pretty much said, come one, come all. We want sports in this state. I mean, when, when the WWE is considered an essential business by our governor, he wants yeah. sports and entertainment in this state. You have UFC. I think UFC is going to hold their 249 event in Jacksonville in a couple of weeks. Uh, so, yeah, our state in the state of Florida is pretty much telling all the sports leagues, come here and play. Yeah, and you might see uh, Major League Baseball, if it comes back, play a lot of their games. Like they may split between Arizona and Florida. Because of the facilities here. I mean, if you're not going to have fans, it doesn't really matter, you know, where you're playing. But what, what, what will it be like for you, though, if you are covering these NBA games by and you got to write a column on them, but you're sitting at home watching it on TV? <laughs> right. Well, I've done, I've done that in the past, Pat. With, That's true. <laughs> I've done that in the past, even when there are fans at games. So. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be different, but, you know, you adjust. We've adjusted. A lot of people have made a lot of adjustments over the last month and a half as far as how they work, how they how they play, all of that stuff. So, you know, again, I'm using – I think all of us need to use this as an opportunity to sort of reassess how we do things. i got to tell you, I do my radio show now from home and they've set me up with some equipment that sounds just like I'm in the studio, and it's it's awesome. Rolling out of bed in your underwear and doing your radio show, incredible. Uh, uh, you know, it's a bad visual. But, uh, <laughs> we, yeah, I've got the same deal here, although I, I do it in the afternoon, so I have to put on shorts. But, yeah, I've done I've done a bunch of radio shows without – having to get out of my T-shirt and gym shorts. So that, that's always a plus. But, you know, the last thing, Mike, that'll come back, it feels like it's going to be college sports, especially college football. And, you know, we can all take our educated guesses, and I did that in the back nine the other day, about how about this schedule where they start in November and you end up playing Georgia on January 2nd. Can you imagine the hoopla for that? I think people kind of got excited by that idea, but – I mean, do you have a guess, or is it, or you, or do you not want to venture a guess because we have no real idea what's going to happen? 
My guess is that my guess is this: they will push it back as late as they possibly can to get a season with fans in the stadium. And if your idea is correct, if it, if they have to push the start of the season back to November and finish in May, they will do that because I don't care what school you're talking about, whether it's the the group of five or the power five, whether you're talking about UCF or the University of Florida, these schools, no matter what level, need fans and stadiums. That's where they make the brunt of their money was with is fans and stadiums. Yeah, the Gators get the big SEC network check, but you ask Scott Strickland where they make most of their money. I'll guarantee you he'll say, uh, you know, admission, concession, season tickets, all of that. So I think they will push it back as far as they can so they can get fans in the stadium because that's where they make their money. Well, I would think a play, yeah, and I've heard Danny White say, look, I, I have no budget that doesn't include football. I don't, I can't even come up with that. And the other thing is, with this new NIL uh, rule that eventually will be passed in May, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of the uh, group of five schools, and including UCF, that maybe can't do, can't get players at the same level. There's been talk that they may end up just saying, hey, we're going to have a group of five league and then we're going to have an SEC, I mean, a uh, power five league, Just and they may end, up, may end up being separate. You know what else? Uh, uh, athletic directors at all levels are worried about. Obviously, again, there's, there's going to be a – there already is a financial crisis. They're really worried that these – you know, when athletes start being able to sell their name and likeness, that the – Athletes themselves will be competing with the athletic department for sponsors, like you know, corporate sponsors. Maybe they'll maybe they'll want to, maybe they'll want to sponsor Kyle Trask and not the University of Florida football program. You don't know. Yeah, I'm Kadarius Tony for Publix. You know, you could have stuff like that uh, going on. So, it, I think everything in our sports world is going to change, Mike. Uh, and you made a, make a great point. That we, you better be able to adapt. You better be able to uh, evolve. Or if you don't evolve, you're going to get left in a hole uh, at this point. Whether you're a sports writer, whether you're a player, whether you're a coach, no matter what you are, you've got to be able to evolve. Absolutely, and especially economically and financially. Obviously, the health issue is the major concern. But when we come out of this, it's not going to be the same. There's not going to be as many people at football, even if they do allow fans in stadiums at college games. There's not going to be as many fans. There's not going to be as many boosters who, who have lost a lot of money in the stock market and their businesses. So, yeah, everybody, all colleges, no matter the level, even if it's Alabama, they are going to take a major financial hit moving forward. So you're right. There's going to be some cost-cutting measures, and you better be smart about it. You better be ready for it when the time comes. He is Mike Bianchi of the Orlando Sentinel, of course, former Gainesville Sun columnist. We appreciate his time. We'll be right back with more on the duly noted podcast at Gatorsports.com. Okay, thanks so much to Mike Bianchi for joining us. Um, also, um, again, you know, the NBA, if it's if it does this plan and they come back and they play at Disney, which does make some sense, 
There won't be any fans there. Golf's going to start with no fans. I think Major League Baseball, when they, if they do finally start, there'll be no fans. And we all say, I think the, the, the average fan fan looks at it and goes, I don't care. I just want something live to watch. I'm sick of watching old games. But once it gets going, you're going to say, I don't know about this. This is kind of weird. Uh, I don't think it's a problem for golf as much. It would be a problem for the Masters, a major, where you're sitting there and you're like, I want to hear the roars. But for the Colonial, I think we're all okay if just watching golf rather than getting golf applause. But for sports like baseball and 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 the NBA especially, it's I I wonder if they're going to pipe in noise. Will they pipe in the bad organ music that you know? I mean, NBA games are nothing but noise from tip off till it finishes. They never stop with the noise. And now all of a sudden, you know, again, these guys are going to be fine playing the games. They got no problem. They they play games all the time with no with nobody around. You know the. The college kids go down to the rec center and play games. I mean, it's it's not going to be a problem. But it's going to be kind of weird to watch. But, hey, we'll take it, right? Um, I didn't talk about the draft yet because the draft is almost like old news now. It was obviously a good day for, for Florida, or a good weekend for Florida, to get seven players drafted and all the stats you see about players drafted, blah, blah, blah. I I, I strongly feel this way. And again, just being around these guys as much as I have been, which is not a tremendous amount, but it's probably more than a lot of people, I think they're all going to do pretty well. I mean, they're all not going to make teams. I get that. Um, You know, there there were free agents also that signed. I was really happy David Reese found a landing spot. You know, I think LaMichael Ryan's going to be a a nice NFL player. I think Tyree Cleveland's going to make the team because he'll play special teams. I have no doubt in my mind Van Jefferson's going to do well. Same with John Grenard. I think Zaniga's going to do fine. You know, we'll see what their careers, how they take off, whether they, you know, continue to do the work ethic that they did here. The point is, they all seemed like, and again, we don't know. You never know whether a guy's a good guy or a bad guy, Right. Because you're not around him all the time. You're not around him in a social setting. You know, I think maybe I've been influenced by watching Breaking Bad. I've been, I've been, I've been binging that. I, I wonder about, about people's character. But the point is, all of our dealings, all of my dealings with all of these guys, you know, we just had David Reese on the radio the other day. Uh, we've talked to Grenard multiple times. He He was... I remember doing one of the first interviews with him when he came here. I, I, I like that guy a lot. I love Van Jefferson to death. I mean, all these guys seem like really good people with really strong work ethics, and I, I think they've been influenced by their coach, coaches and especially their head coach. I think they're going to do good. I hope they will. They're going to be really easy to root for, at least as far as I'm concerned. Of course, in the NFL, all kinds of crazy stuff's going on. Um, especially with the quarterback situation, has turned into this weird deal. You know, like for, everybody's been talking about Jake Fromm didn't get drafted until very late. Uh, I'm a little surprised by that, but not totally surprised. And th- that's what the NFL is no longer about game managers. The NFL is about can you put up 40 points and try to win the game. Um, I thought he would end up with the Patriots. 
because it seemed like a perfect spot for them. Andy Dalton gets released. You know, they're just making the way. They, I, I think it's almost like, I, I'm sure it's a salary thing. And I, again, the salary cap and all that stuff is so complicated, I don't even pay attention to it. But I'm sure that was part of it. But I just don't think they want any question about who their quarterback is. It's Joe Burrow all the way. Um, and a lot of people think he'll end up with the Jaguars as a, as a backup, which would be a really good situation, I think, for the Jaguars because I'm not sold on Gardner Minshew. And if he falters, I still think Andy Dalton's a decent quarterback. I don't think he's great, but I think he's okay. And, and he'll sign with somebody. It may be Washington's another possibility. And then you got Jameis Winston to the Saints, and he says he's going to get a Harvard education. And I, I keep – I'm going to try to stay away from any real easy jokes there. And you, you guys just go and fill yours in right now, and then we'll get back to it. Um, he's got a recipe for crab legs that he can bring to New Orleans. They're thrilled about that. Um, but it, it's going to be, you know, Taysom Hill is still the guy that they want to inherit Drew Brees' job. But Winston will have a shot at it. Well, I'll be just curious. Let's just say something happened and to Drew Brees. And then Taysom Hill comes in and he struggles. Because a lot of people... A lot of people love him, think he's going to be a great quarterback. Some people aren't so sure. He just seems like a, a utility guy. And then all of a sudden they turn to Jameis Winston. And how does Jameis Winston play now that he's not with the Bucks? Is he a better player? Has he learned? Is he not throwing interceptions, taking tons of sacks? It'll be interesting to watch if that happens. Obviously Aaron Rodgers isn't happy. He's ready to get the heck out of Green Bay at some point because of them drafting uh, Jordan Love, which I think – you know, makes sense practically, doesn't make sense uh, personality-wise. It doesn't, it, you know, you did that before and it worked. I think you, it's a miracle it worked the first time with Brett Favre and he got mad and wouldn't even talk to Aaron Rodgers. Now he and Aaron Rodgers are talking about this. Aaron Rodgers apparently is upset and says, and, and Brett Favre says he won't be in Green Bay for the end of his career. Uh, it's weird. The Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts, which you're kind of like I, I. Look, I like Jalen Hurts the person a lot. Every time I've ever interacted with him, every time I've seen him on interviews, I just don't think he's an NFL quarterback. We'll see. I, again, I have been wrong about that kind of thing so often. About this guy's going to be a good NFL player because I, I, I I'm so absorbed and so obsessed with college football and I love it so much that I make all my opinions based on what I saw in college and it's a different world it's a different game it's 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 added the attitudes are different the you know the, the responsibilities are different all of a sudden you have families all of a sudden you have hangers on if, if you get in the bad crowds um, you, you know how much you're able to you're willing to do the work how much you're willing to put in mentally it's a different world. Now you have a job, and it doesn't always work for everybody. And for some guys, guys who I didn't think were going to be anything special, it does work. So, you know, you kind of have to reserve judgment a little bit, especially if you're listening to me. Uh, the news that was just breaking a little while ago, Steve Forbes, apparently going to be the new coach at Wake Forest. They fired Danny Manning 
Of course, he was at East Tennessee State. We got to know him pretty well a couple of years ago when, um, well, that would have been three years ago, when they played Florida in the first round of the NCAA tournament down in Orlando. And great guy. Uh, talked to him a lot, for a lot after even after the press conference down there. And uh, he had a connection to the University of Florida. Had a roommate who now is – I'm going to screw this up, so I'm not going to try. I think he – because I've totally blocked this out of my mind. I think he was like the dean of students. But anyway, doesn't really matter. Um, just seemed like a great guy. I, I Everybody's kind of been waiting for him to get a, a, a better job. Wake Forest is a weird job. It's not it, – you know – you're 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 always playing second fiddle. You're the redheaded stepchild when you got North Carolina and Duke up to the uh, different part of the state. My geography went off there, but I do like him a lot. I think he'll do well. It's not impossible for Wake Forest to be good. This is the Tim Duncan, Chris Paul school. They they've been good, and and they were involved through Zoom meetings in the uh, recruitment of. Of Steve Forbes. I really find myself like I kind of liked Danny Manning and watching him as a coach, but I didn't think he was a great coach and they just didn't win enough. Went to one NCAA tournament and, and were a first four, so they barely got in. It'll be interesting to see if Steve Forbes can get them going. Um, before I get to three things, I wanted to talk about golf because golf's going to come back in June and. We're seeing guys complain about things. And there is, let me tell you what, in the world of professional sports, there are a lot of jerks and there are a lot of people who feel so entitled that they, you know, they don't want to ever sign autographs. They they don't want to, um, you know, they think they they walk on water, Uh, you know, and and I've run into those. First guy that, the first guy that was a total jerk to me in my life. As a, as a sports writer, was Barry Bonds. I know you'll be shocked by that. Stunned, right? But golf has more people who feel entitled than I think any other sport. It's amazing sometimes. Some of these guys are great. And, and you know, look, I did that big thing with Chris DeMarco, one of, the, one of my favorites. He was like a normal person. Some of these guys just feel like they are entitled. And you see these quotes Scott Stallings, who says, I can't putt with the pin in. If they're going to make a rule where you have to leave the pin in, I may just not play. I may just decide not to play. To which I think the whole world is responding, don't play then. Who cares? Nobody's turning in to the Colonial to watch Scott Stallings play. But it is possible that they're going to put a rule that says, look, you can't Touch the pin. I don't. That means that you have to putt with the pin in. Well, they changed the rule a year ago or two years ago that you can putt with the pin in, which I I find to be a little disconcerting too. I try to take the pin out when I putt. Um, but really, I don't care whether you're whether you don't want to putt with the pin in or not. And I do think that golf may say, "Hey, look, one the person who is." The person who is keeping score or doing shot track or whatever is going to actually part of the responsibility with the gloves on is to come out and take the pin out when everybody's on the green or ask everybody. I, I That could be it. You've had Adam Hadwin, 
who's a really good player, but nobody's going to watch Adam Hadwin play, right? Say so he would have a he would have trouble. I may be back. I may be moving these around. I may have gotten this wrong. I think he's the one who said he couldn't putt with a pin in. Scott Stallings was saying, we can't play golf with no rakes. One of those guys said one or the other things. But again, who cares who said what? Because you don't know who these guys are unless you're a huge golf fan. Quit complaining. They're going to they're gonna rake the bunkers, okay? They're not going to make you hit it. But even if they did, even if you had to hit out of unraked bunkers, welcome to the Muni. Calm down, boys. If they're going to pay you to play golf, shut up. Anyway, I probably screwed that whole segment up because I got that backwards. But it's time to get to three things. It's time for three things. All right, number one on three things, I want to say congratulations to Jenny Rowland, who is the National Coach of the Year, which is uh, deserved. I think I, I was amazed at that team and how it came out with a purpose from the very first meet after not making the the NCAA Finals last year. They came out with a purpose, and they got better every week. I was amazed at how good they were and how good they kept getting, and I think she's very deserved of that honor and congratulations to her she's also sec coach of the year of course for the second time uh and also trinity thomas was the sec gymnast of the year i don't think there was much question about that but um i i think of all the people that look at the university of florida there was a lot of disappointment when all sports got canceled certainly kevin's kevin o'sullivan was one of them. i almost said kevin stallings i got scott stallings on my mind Kevin O'Sullivan was one of his number one team in the country, sixteen and one. But I, I think, I think gymnastics might have won, could have won, probably would have won. They were on a roll that was unbelievable. Um, but again, you 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 go to the regionals and you have two people fall on the beam and boom, you're out. You're not going anywhere. So you, it's it's a very tough sport. I have so much admiration for them. Congratulations to them, though. Number two, the Mountain West Conference announced today they will do their media days on Zoom. Well, they're going to do virtual media days. I don't know if it's going to be Zoom necessarily, but that seems where everybody's going. In fact, I did one today, and I got one tomorrow. Um, This is just the first conference to announce it. They're all going to be done virtually. Um, at least we'll have something to write about. And to be honest with you, it won't be... The, the, the issue to me, the hardest part, and again, this is a personal sports writer issue, is the great thing about it is you could you could ask whatever questions you wanted, you know, at the table where, all the, where the player was. And you could go up to a guy. You, you might have like... I remember one time the quarterback at... I think it was Drew Locke. It might have been Drew Locke. It might have been somebody else when it was in Atlanta the last time, and it was going to be in Atlanta this year, and still maybe who knows. And all of a sudden, he he was sitting there by himself, and I just walked up and we talked for a long time. I got a great interview. Those are the kind of things you won't be able to do anyway. I still think we'll be able to do a lot of stuff, and we'll be able to give you a lot of content, but it'll be different. It will be different. Um, and 
I think this is just something we all need to brace ourselves for, that the SEC media days will be done virtually and it won't be done in person, which is, you know, it's uh, part of – I've said this before. Part of the great part of SEC media days is you get to see guys you haven't seen in a long time, you know, friends, uh, fellow acquaintances, and you sit down. Like I remember one day sitting down. It was me and Robbie, and I think there was another. Maybe Bianchi was there, and a couple, three or four of the Georgia writers. We sat at this big table at this great bar uh, restaurant across the street from the. Winfrey, where the media days is in Birmingham or Hoover. So we sat there and we we went back and forth. And by the end of it, you walked out with so much knowledge of what was really going on. You know, you had that all put away. And and that happens over and over and over again. You sit at a table at the reception they have. And you sit and you talk to people from other, you know, from Alabama, from Ole Miss. Hey, how's Tennessee going to be this year? Forget what the guys are saying. The the what the coaches are saying at the podium is the least important thing. It's more what you get from other other guys, and when you get to meet players uh, and find out kind of what they were. I, I I said this before. Greg McElroy. I feel like I've been saying I said this before before a lot. Greg McElroy. When I interviewed him at SEC Media Days, I go that guy's going to be on TV one day. He's unbelievable, and now he is. So I was right about that. Okay, and number three, stop teasing me, Braves. Um, and I follow a lot of Braves things on Twitter. And uh, one thing that they are doing some is they're replaying the entire 95 season, all the World Series games. And it's on Fox Sports Southeast, which I don't get. And I don't think anybody gets in this area. I don't think you can get it. You can get it if you're in Atlanta, but not here. Teasing me every time I see some highlight or something, it makes me mad. I want to watch them. I could sit there and watch that entire season. In fact, I do have a Maddox pitched game against the Brewers on DVR that I DVR'd back when they were showing a bunch of Maddox games. I think I'm going to go watch that tonight. I've had a little bit too much of Breaking Bad, I'll tell you. You know, you find yourself taking the trash out and looking over your shoulder, or you've or you're you're making dinner and you're like thinking about them making anyway. If you haven't seen it, it's unbelievable show. But I'm gonna take a date night off from it. And you know, what I also do is take off right now. We'll be back with, I believe we'll be on Wednesday next week. The podcast. I I think I have a Tuesday furlough day next week, but we'll be back Wednesday with another podcast. We'll try to get some uh, a great guest for you, and we appreciate Mike Bianchi as well for coming on today. Thanks so much for listening. This is Pat Dooley, the sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun. I am deep, I am way back, and I am out of here. Mm-hmm.